It is Tuesday, October 31st, 2023. This is a Halloween special edition of football today because the trade deadline has come and gone. That is Bobby Skinner from the Talking Giants world. I am Chris Rose, producer Mikey, along for the ride as well. We got stuff flying all over the place. So, Bobby, let's just hop right into it. Uh, Chase Young, the biggest name that probably changed teams on the Tuesday deadline. He moves from Washington to San Francisco for a third-round pick, which happens to be the number of consecutive losses for the 49ers, which would be three. Will Young be the player that helps cure what ails San Francisco? Like as we said on the Monday show, I'm not too worried about San Fran, but he really does add an element, right? And they added Javon Hargrave, uh, and they have Armstead in the middle. And then Bosa, right? You get the two Ohio State guys, right? And I think Chase Young's game is going to go to another level with San Francisco, right? Because you're going to be getting less att- – uh, not so much less attention, but you do have Bosa, Defensive Player of the Year, on the opposite side. And Chase Young has really grown. He gets off the ball quick. He's timing up the snap. The one thing I've always said about Chase Young, though, that I want to see him, use your power more, right? Like he's always trying to win with speed, and he's got the speed to do Use your power more. If there's anyone who knows how to use their power and turn that into other moves, it's Nick Bosa. Watch him rush the passer. It all starts with power and that type of power that Chase Young has. This is like, if you're the 49ers, man, the Washington Commanders are your second favorite team in the NFL. You just Mm -hmm. got Chase Young. You got Trent Williams a couple of years, you know, a few years ago now. And I I think this this is a huge move for them as long as he can stay healthy, obviously. Yeah, he's got five sacks, so he's really finally started to bounce back from that ACL, that patella injury as well. There is There were some rumors in Washington that part of the reason Jonathan Allen was so pissed, remember when we ran that soundbite recently about the same shit going on, that there were some guys freelancing on defense. I don't know if that was Chase Young or somebody else, but Young and Montez Sweat, whom we will talk about momentarily, both free agents to be. It wouldn't shock me if guys are trying to pad stats, uh, you know, get their sack numbers up and stuff like that. Now, part of the problem in San Francisco recently has been that Steve Wilkes, their new D.C., has come under fire. And I don't know if you're when you're watching game tape, if you're like, man, there is something really wrong with the defense or they've just kind of hit a little bit of a stall here. Yeah, I don't see anything like structurally that's an issue, right? Like the Bengals. You know, what the Bengals did well is just kind of taking what's there, which the 49ers defense lives by, but Burrow also just making some fantastic mm-hmm. plays. Like I, that third and 10 we talked about uh, on the pod yesterday, that's all that started going viral today. Like that was the, the stuff Burrow was doing. So again, I don't have panic with San Fran. They have all pros at every single position on offense and defense. Um, but this just allows Hufunga, like the safety. You guess what? We got another edge, right? And a rotation of guys that, hey, you get to be more aggressive. Fred Warner, you get to be more aggressive and allows this defense to play more aggressive. But like you mentioned Jonathan Allen, like if I, you know, I watch, you know, I do an O-line report every week. So I did the offensive line report versus the commanders. If there's anyone that like was not an issue that game, it was Chase Young. He was the one guy on the defensive line that did step up where Deron Payne looked like trash versus a bad guard and Mark Lewinsky, where Montez Sweat got shut down by Tyree Phillips, who was on the Eagles practice squad the Monday before that. Um, So Chase Young is like the one, you know, on defense for the commanders where it's really bad, who's been consistently thriving as well as with Allen too, though. And as far as San Francisco goes, this is a no-brainer move, right? You need to continue to add when you have some guys that can really play on that front line. I know they haven't put up the gaudy numbers that maybe they have in years past. 
but keep adding to that, particularly for a third-round pick. They're going to have a bunch of them, right? McGlinchey a comp third-round pick, too. Well, that's what I'm saying is that they've got so many of those coming this year because of McGlinchey moving to a free agent in Denver. Um, you know, they're going to get one for D'Amico Ryans. They're going to get one for Rand Carthen. So they're going to have so many of these built up. And by the way, they're they're going to get one for Chase Young somewhere down the line if he doesn't extend. So yeah, this was an easy no-brainer. They love to rush four, and now they have possibly the best front four in the NFL, right? You know, I'd have to go and think about every single one. I hate saying that because, you know, we had a big mistake on the last pod. We said Kirk Cousins is the best free agent quarterback. Right, since Tom Brady. We forgot about Tom Brady. <laughs> um, but it's it's one of the best front fours in the NFL, undoubtedly. Yeah. And for a team that likes to rush four and not blitz. Next time we do see San Francisco in action, I don't think the quarterback is going to complete almost 88% of his passes, which is what Joe Burrow did to them on this past Sunday. All right, uh, two more other free agent to be defensive linemen were on the move. Montez Sweat, he went from Washington to Chicago for a two. Your guy, Leonard Williams, goes from the Giants to Seattle for a two and a five. Did these moves make sense for Chicago and Seattle, respectively? Seattle paid a heavy price for Leonard Williams, a second round pick and a fifth round. Like that's premium. That's a premium trade. And Leonard Williams, as a giant, has been a top 10 defensive tackle. But if there's any year where he hasn't really been at that, it's been this year where he's had some down moments while still being pretty damn good. Um, but Seattle needs help up front, right? And you and Leonard Williams has played next to good D lineman with like Dex and Dalvin over the years with the Giants. You get you good, uh, you know, uh, Jaron Reed who's like been playing really well as their nose tackle, but they need, they need some guys who can like just win pass rush reps, whether it's at the end at, at edge or, or defensive tackle. And Leonard Williams is someone that can do that. And also is a really good two-way player um, and allows you to do things defensively because he can play two gaps and he can also rush the passer and finish and get sacks. Um, I just did the Browns Seahawks game. They play a really interesting defense, Seattle. Like, a lot of the time, it's two defensive linemen. And then they've got four linebackers, right? They've got Brooks and Wagner on the inside. They just lost Chenna Nuosu on the outside, but they brought in Frank Clark. That's going to help them rush the passer. Uh, Boye Mafe is really turning into a very, yeah. very good player. So they they don't have a lot of defensive players, linemen, that they rotate in there. Like Mario Edwards Jr. is a guy that's been around the league for almost 10 years now. He's a part of that squad, but they needed more up front, so it didn't surprise me. They also play three safeties a ton of the time as well, and your former giant and Julian Love, who came up with a huge pick the other day. So it's not like they play a th straight 3-4. They don't do that a lot. It really is like two defensive linemen. Yeah, I think it's a smart play. Yes, based on what Chase Young went for and Montez Sweat, maybe a 2-5 and a five is very rich, but Seattle thinks that in an, this NFC – that if Geno Smith gets his shit together, that they can make some noise. Yeah, it's that's my is that's a lot for an expiring deal, though, and a deal I that does, like it makes them better, right? But is this like a deal that pushes them over the top? I you don't think so. Maybe, maybe the thought process is we have nailed it the last couple drafts, and I would I think you'd be hard pressed to say there's a team out there that has done a better job drafting over the last two seasons than the Seahawks, that they say, we've got so many young players that are ascending. Maybe let's just go for it. Let's just go for it. And 
fuck it, if we end up losing a two and a five because of it, maybe that happens. I don't know. Just a thought. Uh, yeah. Very quickly on the Chicago front, people are like, why are the two and six Bears doing this? Now, I, I don't think Montez Sweat sees the light of day when it comes to free agency. I think they're going to extend him to a huge deal. They might even pay a little bit of a premium on top of it just to make sure he doesn't walk. I think it's a smart move, to be honest with you, if they lock him up. You don't I'm love not, it. I, you don't love it. One, Sweat's not having his best year, right? Like, again, no. I talk, but... But he's had a good career, wouldn't you agree? A good career, right? But he's not like an upper echelon pass rusher. And you gave up, like, again, they're going to have a top five pick, right, within the second round. Like, so this isn't like Chase Claypool, right? Like, that was egregious and sane. This isn't that. No, but I still do think it's bad business because they're going to be able to spend like they're going to have money to spend. Go spend money on free agency. You're going to have great draft picks. Use those great draft picks. And like I don't like they could have had a both right where you spend good, big money on some player in the offseason and then also use a second round pick on a on a player like the top of the second round. You're all pros come from that range in the NFL. Um, And instead of going both, you did you did a two, for, you know. A one for two. I don't know. I I really don't have a problem with it. Wouldn't you be excited if your team drafted a guy at the top of the second round who ended up having the career so far that Montez Sweat has had? Wouldn't you say yeah. that'd be pretty good? Of course, of course. Yeah. Like the player for is yeah, he's worth a second round pick. It's just for and again, they're but they're so far away. I, like I the know, Bears but team is so far away. They need every big asset they get. Like if you trade a third rounder, you get over. It. But and also, like you said, they're going to have to pay a premium to keep him because you know I I went through this in 2019 when the Giants traded for Leonard Williams when they were two and six, and Leonard Williams had his worst statistical season. But they had the franchise tag, and we put him over the barrel for the contract. And then he has a career season the next year, and you're like, okay, well we can't let him walk now. And he signs, you know the you know the second highest defensive tackle contract after Aaron Donald, like. To me, it's just bad process, um, right? And eventually, to be a good GM, you have to hit on that top of the second round pick. I know it's not a guarantee, but if, to be a good GM, you have to hit on that pick. And you two years in a row, you pissed away like a premium pick. Yeah, but this isn't, as you mentioned, this is not the same as Chase Claypool because Chase Claypool's success in Chicago was fully attached at the hip to how their quarterback develops and everything else. You can still be an elite pass rusher on a shitty team. You can be. It's harder. But you can be a guy that gets it done. And I just, I don't know. I mean, if you were waiting for free agency, who were you going to wait for that was 100% better than Montez Sweat? Danelle Hunter. Who's 30. Yeah, I mean, if, I you, mean... if you're really saying that the that the Bears aren't ready yet, and by the way, let's remember, this is the franchise that paid two inside linebackers goo gobs of money in the offseason. I just don't see it as good. I I, I don't know. I, I just don't see it as as good. And Ryan Poles has kind of showed it over and over again that he has like bad process on a lot of, like you just yeah, mentioned, the linebackers. I understand that. Right? Like this could be the one move that ends up working out. But overall, they've shown bad process. They've showed dysfunction in that organization. And it's just like nothing really ties together with what, they're doing um you know, i mean number one problem is let's figure out who's playing quarterback and they're going to have two of the top five picks this year so let's let's get that straight 
and keep adding with another top five pick somewhere. Go from there. Um, let's move on, but stay in the NFC North. Vikings do have a new quarterback in the room. It is Joshua Dobbs, who started the first eight games for the Arizona Cardinals. Of course, he got traded from Cleveland to Arizona two and a half weeks before the regular season. Uh, ends up being for a swap of sixth and seventh round picks. So seventh goes to uh, Minnesota along with Dobbs, and a sixth goes out to Arizona. Are you surprised that the Vikings didn't try for somebody who's got more than 10 career starts to replace the injured Kirk Cousins? I was surprised that they didn't just roll with what they got, but I don't think Hall was like a – I don't think they could have went a whole half a season with a guy who's probably not like an NFL quarterback at all, where at least Dobbs is. So they didn't give up much. Um, it's funny how Arizona used Dobbs as a rental. Um, I, I like this move for them. I thought it'd be funny if they ended up trading him back to the Browns. But like out of the quarterbacks that were available, I'd like this a, a six and seventh pick swap for Josh Dobbs. I think is good enough. Where you're really not trying to compete, you're kind of just trying to get through a season without looking like the most dysfunctional offense in the NFL, which they would have been with Hall. With so with why, Dobbs, they'll at least be functional. Why didn't they trade Daniel Hunter? I don't know. I don't know. They this this organization sends so many mixed signals, but they also just could have not gotten what they were want. Like I do like front offices that take a, a hard stance on like, hey, I'm not trading this guy for anything less than whatever this is. I don't know that's if that's what happened with Hunter, but you didn't really hear any rumors around him. So maybe maybe they end up do re-signing him, which if I were Minnesota, I would. So Okay. Well, that's interesting. How I don't know about you. I wanted to see Jameis up there. I just he is one of my favorite quarterbacks to watch because he will keep your team in the game and the other team in the game. I don't I can't remember a quarterback who's been as much like that as Jameis Winston. Sean Payton got him a little too overly conservative though, and it's not the fun bad anymore with Jameis. But he's he's still got it in him, Bobby. It's like he's not 30, 30 and 30 Jameis anymore. He's like He's 21 and 16 Jameis now. Um close. So that would have been a that would have been a show. But again, I don't I don't I also think don't I think the Saints kind of love Jameis too. Like I don't think they want to get rid of him either. I understand, but I wanted to see him play every week just so we him and Justin Jefferson would have been sick, right? And we talked about like Addison's kind of a player you got to have a little bit of trust in to see what he's seeing. So I mean, Jameis would be better than Dobbs, I think, but it would, uh, it's, he's not someone I'm giving up anything more than like a fifth or a sixth round pick for you. It's, it's like a, some of the streaming shows I've watched these series. Like I expected so much more and it had so much more potential and it was fine, but it just could have been great. And I think that that's what the Minnesota move could have been for us. Maybe not for Vikings fans. You're, you know, I don't know if Jameis gets you to the playoffs or whatever. But you sure it sure as hell would have been a must watch every Sunday. Yeah, I th- I think the Dobbs trade is simply Kevin O'Connell being like, hey, I understand the vision long term, but you got to let me get through a season without like having to deal with just a, a the number thirty two offense in the NFL every week, which is what they would have been with Hall probably. Yeah, yeah. All right, a bunch of other trades happen. One that caught your eye. Rasul Douglas to Buffalo, right? Because it mm-hmm. felt like they were needed a corner, right? And but they've also been like they don't trade for expiring deals. They've always been kind of conservative at the deadline. Um, so Douglas, Douglas to to Buffalo, I think is the one, right? Where 
I did the power ranking video with Justin today, and I'm like, I, I just have worries about that Buffalo defense with Milano and Tredavious White. I don't think Douglas fixes those, but it sure as hell helps. Yeah, no, no, no it's not going to fix it because they, they're they looking at the teams they're going to have to play, first of all, in their own division with Miami. You got to have some guys that can cover a little bit. Then who knocked them out last year in the playoffs? The Bengals. We know all about that receiving staff. And it's not the same in Kansas City in terms of firepower or even halfway decent. But when you're dealing with that monster taking the snaps, then you damn well better have guys that can stick to receivers and not give him some broken plays that are going to be 38 yards downfield. So, yeah, that one made sense. Uh, my Browns giving Donovan Peoples-Jones to the Lions for a sixth-round pick, which is what Peoples-Jones was when he came out in 2020. He's a guy that has basically been invisible this year statistically because of the Browns. Um, I'm not going to say ineptitude, ineptitude at quarterback, but it hasn't been pretty. And I don't think these guys do a very good job of reading through their progressions. And he's never going to be the first option on a team with Amari Cooper and Elijah Moore. So he just hasn't gotten that. But here's the thing. Dan Campbell's going to love him because the guy blocks, number one. I know nobody wants to talk about a receiver blocking. But I'm just telling you, he is elite at that. And the guy has steadily improved every season. Last year, he had almost 900 yards receiving and over 60 catches. So if they can figure, if Ben Johnson can figure out a way to use him up there, this is a great move for Detroit. Yeah, I was surprised to see the numbers that he put up last year. Like I didn't, I really didn't think he was doing that type of stuff. Um, but you did. Tr- so I'm going to ask you as a Browns fan. You traded a guy who's a starter mm-hmm. when you're trying to make the playoffs and win for a so, six-round pick? I know. The, the six-round pick bothered me a little bit. Um, very quickly on that, number one, they drafted Cedric Tillman with their first pick this past season. It happened to be a third-rounder, kid out of Tennessee, who's built very similarly to DPJ. They actually so brought is he going to play? Yeah, he'll play. He'll be in now. I mean, he's going to be the fourth He'll be the third or fourth receiver now, and um, I think he's going to be ready. He was a good player at Tennessee, man. I'm telling good you. Good route runner. Very, very good. And he doesn't have blazing speed, but he's going to catch the ball, and he's a big body. So DPJ was going to walk at the end of the year. It was like the old Seinfeld even Steven episode. They draft DPJ for in the sixth round. They got a sixth rounder. Andrew Barry likes to move up in, in the draft. Hey, if there's a guy we like, Throw in that sixth rounder that we just got. That I think that's his thought process. Um, so that's that's that. Finally, team that should have pulled the trigger on something but didn't. You think the 49ers should have went after like Adore Jackson or a, a corner? They, they did. Did you hear the Adore Jackson story? No. Tell me, tell me about it. What happened? Yeah, they they had an agreement and they did not get it in in time. For who? There's several reports out there. Chris, you just got Wes Steinberg. Thanks. Well, did you know that? Or are you fucking with today. me? I've been doing other shows today, okay? Forgive did me. You, I'm asking because Wes Steinberg, I've seen that account. People think I'm that account. And no. I've seen it grow from nothing to something. It's huge now. It had over a thousand quote tweets on. the That account started... It was. Do you remember like when the Giants cut Calvin Benjamin and they were arguing on the field yes. with him? 
Yes. He was the one who said that they were stealing food. Uh, Kelvin Benjamin was stealing food from the cafeteria. <laughs> and it went. So we we got people are really going to love. Uh, I'm going to have to quote to you this and say Chris trade deadline and Chris Rose got West Steinberg. Oh, stop that. Don't don't do that. Enough people. It's going to get just seen. But it's going to get people cl- uh, clicks because West Steinberg, like he started as a Giants account and now he's he just gets big. But 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 the 49ers, I feel like. They're so all in that I feel like if they gave you, you mentioned they have all those comp picks. If would a fourth rounder have gotten it done for Adoria Jackson? I think it, I think it might have. And Probably. I like, I know, like, I, I was sourced up on Leonard Williams, by the way. Um, uh, I tweeted out 15 minutes before, like, I bet the Seahawks are interested in Leonard Williams, and I bet a second and fifth round pick would get it done. Wow, that uh, that same source told me that they were trying to uh, move Adore. But they need to get it done by four yesterday because of that old uh, contract restructure deal. So, got it. Um, got I would have. I, I think a Dorian San Fran would have been a really nice fit. Uh, with the pass rushers that moved, I am surprised that Baltimore and Miami did not get involved. I know that the cap space is obviously an issue. Baltimore had almost seven million in cap space. Miami just about four. They're both top five in sacks. I believe Baltimore is actually number one in the league. But keep adding. I'm just a keep adding guy, particularly that um, when it's a qu- quarterback driven league. And if you're Miami, especially if you're going to be playing with a lead, go unleash those monsters. Go mm-hmm. get them, man. Like, when the hell was the last time Miami freaking even won a playoff game? Go do it. Yeah. I mean, Baltimore- if Chase Young was available for a third round comp pick, I would, I think he, like, you see what, what Baltimore's done with Clowney. Like Chase yep. Young would have been, but they, but they, but like you said, they get sacks always starting to come along and Clowney's playing well for them. Miami, they have Jalen Phillips, who's kind of up and down and then uh, Chubb. So they kind of did that, but uh, I know, but keep adding guys. That's oh, I agree. Point. Pass rush rotation is so huge, man. It's like, it's so much different facing two good pass rushers on the edge versus, Hey, this team has four or five deep. Like those types of teams, they just come at you, and it's it is so hard to prepare for as an offensive lineman when you have three good guys that you got to prepare for. It's just yep. it's just a lot to prepare for. All right, so it was fun. Would have been interesting if a maybe a little more high profile quarterback had moved, but still some decent names on the move. We'll see how it all shakes out the uh, the rest of the season. We are back at it again later this week. Uh, special shout out to our guy Mikey for putting it all together for Bobby. From Talking Giants World. I am Chris Rose, who's looking like a fool. Hi, Adoree Jackson. Good to see you. We will we see love you, you West on, Steinberg. on Friday on Football Today.